I'm Dr. Katrina Fury, a psychiatrist. And I'm Portia Pendleton, a licensed clinical social worker. And And this this is Analyze Scripts, a podcast where two shrinks analyze the depiction of mental health in movies and TV shows. Our hope is that you learn some legit info about mental Mm -hmm. health while feeling like you're chatting with your girlfriends. There is so much misinformation out there and it drives us nuts. And if someday we pay off our student loans or land a sponsorship, like with a lay flat airline or a major beauty brand, even better. So sit back, relax, grab some popcorn and your DSM-5 and enjoy. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Before we get started, we just wanted to include a trigger warning for this episode. Um, This episode could include a discussion about some themes and topics that might be upsetting, um, including but not limited to things like substance abuse, suicide, self-harm, disordered eating, and harassment and assault. So if any of those topics are too upsetting, we totally get it. Um, Please feel free to skip this episode and join us next week. Otherwise, we hope you enjoy. Hi, welcome back to another episode of Analyze Scripts. We are here today joined by our good friend and multiple guest host, um, Dr. Solvin Mirza, and today we're covering Iron Claw. Yes, yes. I know, Solvin, I feel like, do you know on SNL, they give like people who've come back five times like a <laughs> sports, like a gentleman's coat? Oh, I want I want a coat. I feel like you're always, on your way. Yeah, or just a cardigan. So I'm just using yeah. my, my We'll my, give you a therapist cardigan. cardigan. Yeah, a tweed cardigan. Yeah. <laughs> we need with the elbow patches and everything. Yeah. Else. Perfect. We'll sew <laughs> on a little, you know, analyze scripts yeah. star guest. And a corn cob pipe or something. Mm-hmm. You yes. Know? We, need, we, need, we need the whole thing. <laughs> That's funny. So before we get in, in case you haven't um listened to a past episode with Dr. Mirza, we've covered um Gremlins and what was the first one? Oh, cuckoo, one so flew many over the cuckoo's nest. One yeah. over the cuckoo's nest. Classic. I, I know. I, I know. forget. 
So he's um, a triple board certified physician in adult psychiatry, child and adolescent psychiatry and addiction medicine, um, which we will be using some of that knowledge base today. I um, think all of it. Yeah. Oh I yeah. Tra- I trained just for this movie. Yeah. Well. I think you like, you know, went to school just for it, took yeah. all the boards just <laughs> for it. Yep. But uh, he works at a partial hospitalization program with adolescents, as well as is in private practice at Luku Psych, where he sees adult outpatients with a focus on ADHD, autism, and substance use issues. Um, He's a certified provider with the National Basketball Players Association of Mental Health and Wellness Program for the Washington Wizards. Um, And he is on TikTok, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube channel as The Kick Shrink. So you definitely should be following him. He has some great content that's really clear, quick, and just really informational. So we love having you on. Including a video about the Iron Claw. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I like watched it and I was like, I have to process. <laughs> I was like, this is my own processing of this mm-hmm. movie. Yeah, oh, yeah. We just sort of left in utter silence and like cried. I think oh, I, yeah. I came home. I'm pretty sure I ate a bunch of chocolate <laughs> and like hugged my dog. <laughs> yeah. A lot of tears. Yeah. <gasps> I think this um, was I like... also saw um, Solman on your website yeah. that in April of 2022, you did something about euphoria with Sue O'Connell. Oh, yeah. Is that the Sue O'Connell I see on the news up here? Yeah. Who, like, I love because yeah. she's just so quirky. And I'll never forget one time I saw something where she was like, I love going to Vegas, but I hate gambling. <laughs> Who would have thought? <laughs> just, no, yeah. I saw you did that and I was like, no way. <laughs> Yeah, that is, that's her. So yeah, we did. I I had made some TikTok about Euphoria, and then it kind of like blew up a little bit. And then I got like, that's like when I got invited to do like Time Magazine. I was interviewed for Time Magazine, and then I was like on the yeah the Sue O'Connell that morning show thing. So I was like, oh, this thing escalates pretty quickly. <laughs> Sue O'Connell. I mean, for me, I'm like starstruck. <laughs> you might as well have been interviewed by Katie Couric in my eyes. Yeah. He's a big deal. So anyway, I'm so glad we have such a big wig here. Um, So just to give a little recap of the movie, um, it's still out in theaters at the time we're recording this. Um, I know Oscar nominations just came out. Did it get or no, it it, it would be in the next round, right? No, I mean, it it was passed over. It was Uh, one of like one of my like angry things about the Oscars this year. Like there's so many snubs. Of course, like the Barbie snubs are egregious. Mm -hmm. This one was like pretty bad uh, you know my personal favorite movie from last year across the spider-verse did not get nominated <gasps> for like best picture was, it was you know. so good i agree that was a yeah. really really good movie yeah i feel so like every a... year there's a lot of anger at like who who's making these choices yeah it's, you know? it's terrible so the voting system is, is so broken um because it's like you have to get like the number it counts like essentially like how many number one votes you get mm-hmm. not like how many number twos and threes so it's like it's really just a terrible system for how to come up with nominations and awards do you guys ever think about like do you ever zoom out and think about like are there any other fields where people have created all these award ceremonies to honor themselves yeah <laughs> all the time i think there's always think that about stuff. That? Like, like i just i think it's just like a lot of self-importance yeah and a lot of narcissism <laughs> um and but like it's funny because it, on the one hand I'm like I want to get dressed up and be honored by you know yeah. Anthem for being such my a wonderful <laughs> pro, you know like provider yeah. who's saving them money from higher levels of care but like will that ever happen? Oh. Never. Oh. I'll get yeah, audited. 
You'll get honored. Right. You won't even yeah. get paid, let alone honored. Yeah. Oh, that's so funny. Yeah. Uh, well, that's a real bummer. I was like, oh, that's a real yeah. bummer. I thought maybe they would be, it, they were in like the running for next year. I Me don't know too. how the no. system works. That really yeah. sucks. Because um, I thought this was a phenomenal movie. Not yeah. only because it starts really early with Zac Efron, like in his tidy whities <laughs> where I was like, all right, okay. There was a lot of tidy whities and Katrina and I were like, all right. And then all of a sudden it got real dark and we were just oh, like, yeah. It, yeah, I thought like going into it, I, I was like, I've heard of the Von Eric family. Mm -hmm. Where do I know them? But I couldn't really, I didn't know the full story. Yeah. And then we got all the tidy whities and I was like, oh my God, this is going to be like magic Mike. Like I cannot <laughs> wait to watch this. And I was like, why does Solomon say he cried in this movie? And then. And then. Then. Everything I, happens. And I realized why. So just to give a quick recap. So The Iron Claw is a 2023 biographical sports drama film written and directed by Sean Durkin based on the life of professional wrestler Kevin Von Erich and the Von Erich family. Um, so it has an all-star cast. You know, Zac Efron plays Kevin. Uh, Harris Dickinson plays um, David Von Erich. Jeremy Allen White, who we love, plays Carrie Von Eric. Um, Stanley Simmons plays Mike. And then Holt McCalney plays the dad, Fritz. And Morna Tierney plays the mom, Doris. And then we have Lily James, who plays Pam, who I just always love seeing Lily yeah. James. Um, but basically, it's a story about, you know, my take from it. And um, in preparation for this episode, I did a little more research because I left out a couple of the brothers, I think, because they were like, okay, enough drama. There's even more in real life. Yeah. Um, but it seems like it was a story about family and intergenerational trauma and the pressure of fame and achievement and, and masculinity, mm -hmm. um, you know, in this kind of like in the eighties, like when this is all coming out. So I think like, I loved all the costumes and like music and like all of that stuff. Um, but yikes, like, it seems like the dad wanted to be a pro wrestler, got pretty far, came up with the iron claw, his like signature move, but didn't quite make it. Mm -hmm. And then was like living through his sons. And you just see all of that pressure right from the get go and how it affects them all. Yeah. And I, I know like we're, we were, we've talked in like about how, you know, professional wrestling, I've talked about it a bunch of times. It's like, in general, it's like professional wrestling is this wonderful view of america and family systems and just in general and this is like this is a wrestling family right we when we think of like professional wrestling we think about like the flares we talk mm -hmm. about like the mcmahons we talk about like the roads right and the von erics you know unfortunately they were tied out <laughs> you know not to give a yeah. spoiler but like this was going to be that next big huge family and you know they almost all died so yeah, the curse, right? The this curse. like idea of the curse that the father has kind of passed down from them. Did and I, you know, maybe I didn't catch this, but did it start with the death of their first son, or was it before that? Yeah, so uh, it's it's funny, like when you do like the reading and stuff about it. So Fritz, the dad, like had taken on this gimmick, right, of being like a Nazi or something like that. Yes, right? I read so, about that this morning. Yeah. So he was like a Nazi or something. Yeah. Some, some, some he terrible. Was like the villain, as they the call the villain, heel. Right? The heels. Yeah. So the heel, right? So the, you know, wrestling is classically faces the good guys and heels the bad guys. So he had taken on this heel, the foreigner gimmick. And, you know, this is a good old Texas boy, right? In, in reality. Um, and so apparently there was like a, a survivor, like a Holocaust survivor or somebody like in the audience or maybe like a descendant of that. And they're like, I'm putting a curse on you. And this is like how this all kind of like 
quote unquote started. Oh, wow. And, and then, you know, because they were offended by it. And, you know, and at that time, right, the, the curtain hadn't been peeled back uh, that like mm. wrestling is quote unquote, we're not going to use the F word, but <laughs> the, the fake word, we're going to use scripted. <laughs> choreographed. Right? Yeah, the scripted, yeah. choreographed, et cetera. Right? So for the curtain, safety. You got to yeah. choreograph it for safety. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So the curse had been placed on them because of this. So the, I guess, yeah. you know, even going back, right? So even when we're watching the movie and they get that intro of the kids, right? And, and you know, they're talking about the first brother who died, right? So there's six brothers all in total. Yes, and six. Five of them die, right? Like Ugh. before before the parents died, right? Like, oh, it's terrible. Um, but the first one dies at like six years old in some total mm -hmm. freak accident. Do, do you know what the accident is? Because I looked it up. Yeah, it, like he got like electrocuted and drowned yeah. in like a puddle. Right. So he, it was <laughs> 1959. Jack, yeah. he was the oldest son at the time was six years old. He drowned in a puddle after being electrocuted by a shorted wire on the outside of a neighbor's trailer. Total like, I freak just, accident. Yeah. Total freak accident. But it's like every single one of their deaths and mm -hmm. the death of five of your children. I just Ugh. think I, I, um, I can't imagine anything worse almost. Yeah. And it I was, just, uh, and it was, I was listening to you guys as a blindside episode earlier this week, right? Oh, thanks. And, yeah. And it was, I, I, there was something that like caught me was like, they had to sensationalize the movie, right. To kind of make it more dramatic. This was the opposite. They I had know. To, like, they had to desensationalize it for the sake of the movie because the real life tragedies were just way too unbelievable. much. Like yeah. you know, when you're going through it and you're like, it's unbelievable what they want to Right. And it really begs the question of like nature versus nurture, right? Mm -hmm. Like, I'm so curious about like, is there any mental health history in the grandparents or the great grandparents? Right. Or is this all like environmental and stress and injury and, you know, painkillers and, you know, like what, where, what chicken or the egg, like what's going yeah. on in this family to have so many children die and so many die by suicide. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So there's at least, was it three confirmed that were died by suicide? There is like the question of David, one of the elder ones, the first right. adult one who like, that was like an overdose, whether it's accidental or unintentional or right. who knows what exactly it was. Cause he was like overseas in Japan and died alone in a hotel room. So it was very right. like suspicious. So. Yeah. So just to run down, I guess, the tragedies um, yeah. to keep us all oriented. So again, we start with the eldest son dying at six years old in 1959. And then in 1984, David, who I think, um, I wish I had their birth order written down. I don't have it right in front of me. But basically, no. Kevin, who's played by Zac Efron, was like the original like star of the family. Like he was going to be the wrestler. And then like David and Carrie joined in at some point pretty quickly to be like the trio. Right. And they would use their dad's iron claw, yeah. you know, as the, um, as their finisher or things like that. And we do see that like in the WWE with yeah. like the flares, like you were saying, like the next generation will come in and kind of use their old moves. Um, but so David was like, you know, like reaching stardom, you know, yeah. and I was reading, he was like six foot eight. So he's yeah. really tall. I was like, did he have Marfan syndrome? <laughs> you know, I'm just wondering. Um, he was called the yellow rose of Texas. You know, always these mm. fancy names. And unfortunately, like we saw in the movie, he died in 1984, like 
he had almost reached the pinnacle. He was like up for the heavyweight title. Yes. He was on a tour in Tokyo, like for promotion. Um, and he died alone in a hotel room. The autopsy report says from acute enteritis, which means acute inflammation of your intestines with a burst intestine. Sounds like an awful way to go. Yeah. Um, there are some allegations and rumblings that he may have had an eating disorder. Like it may have been related to purging behaviors. Mm. There may have been a drug overdose. Was it intentional? It's unclear. We see in the movie that I believe at Kevin's wedding, we see him like throwing up in the toilet and there's all this blood. Yeah. Um, and I don't know if that actually happened, if that didn't. Um, yeah. But I think like with these deaths, we start to see, at least in the movie, I think it starts suggesting like Kevin's feeling this threat of responsibility, like almost for every single one. Like there were these points where I think in retrospect, any of us would think like, oh my God, should I have intervened? Should I have yeah. done something more? Um, he just has to carry that around. Um, and then, you know, a month, one month later, Okay. This is yeah. that wasn't clear in the movie. That wasn't clear, but this is according to some articles, which we'll link in our show notes. But a month later, the dad Fritz announces that Carrie, played by Jeremy Allen White in the movie, will step in for David in a scheduled competition. And I'm just like, we all need to grieve, okay? Yeah, like we all need to grieve. But so he steps in, and then Mike, the younger brother, who I believe oh. from my read, I know. He yeah. should have just been like a musician, right? Yes. Yeah. But I believe from my reading, he was like smaller in stature, quiet, shy, kind, like not a wrestler, Yeah. but he had to get pulled in to like fill the spot. So already we see like, we just got to fill the trio. We don't care who it is or like what the stakes are. Um, Only a month later, like my goodness, these poor boys. Yeah. And then- um, The show must go on. The show yeah. must go on, like quite literally. Um, but so in 1985, um, according to my research, uh, Mike, the youngest one starts, his personality starts changing. And I wonder if he was abusing steroids. I've got to imagine probably, yeah, I, you know? I can't remember there was, there was some scene. I, I don't can't remember if it was Mike or if it was, I think it was David, but like somebody's injecting themselves in the butt, yeah. you know, mm -hmm. with like the right. steroids. Right. So there's, there's at least a reference to like that was happening with somebody right? assuming for you know, it was pretty rampant during that era. Right. That yeah. whole era was just rampant with steroids in the field. Right. It still, you know, might happen. Yeah. Yeah. But so <laughs> his personality starts changing and he starts getting arrested like a ton mm -hmm. for assault. There, His first arrest was he was charged with two accounts of misdemeanor assault against a physician in an emergency room in May of 1985. He got acquitted. Mm -hmm. And then he had to undergo shoulder surgery mm -hmm. for a uh, dislocation that he sustained in a match. He got toxic shock syndrome, went into organ failure. We see that all depicted in the movie. It's so sad. Yeah. Um, and then, but then he like quickly returned to wrestling despite losing 40 pounds, having a lot of cognitive impairment and the dad marketed him as quote unquote, the living miracle. Can you imagine the pressure? Oh, God. Yeah. And then things just escalated from there. You know, I think he developed, it says like, you know, addiction to painkillers, depression, drug and alcohol abuse, multiple car accidents, multiple arrests for drunken disorderly conduct. And then sadly, he is one of the brothers who committed suicide by overdosing on placidal pills. Um, and I didn't know this. They sort of alluded to it in the movie, but they didn't directly depict it, that he was found lying in a sleeping bag near the lake. And yep. he had left several notes for the family that they found, like apologizing, yeah. feeling like he embarrassed them, like so much shame. Yeah. This poor, sweet boy. That was the so, hardest, I thought. Hold up. 
What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads, generally, for most people, are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. When we were watching it. We were gasping, like, out loud. I was just like, like, not again. Because they depict him last. And I think, actually, he came before Carrie and the foot injury. But they depicted him last in the movie. And I was just like, not again. Yeah. (laughs) Not again. Carrie, no, Carrie, I think was last in the movie. He was like in the middle. Ugh. I mean, he was the, the second, second death, I guess. Yeah. It's hard yeah. to keep track. But so then yeah. Carrie, who's played by Jeremy Allen White, the way they depicted in the movie mm-hmm. is he like wins. He's the one who wins, right? Can you imagine? Yeah. Like you are the brother who brings it home for dad. Like, wow. Um, and then that night they in the movie, they depict him getting really drunk maybe using other substances and deciding to go for a motorcycle ride. And once again, Kevin is like, drive carefully, but doesn't like take the keys or tell him to stop. And then the next thing we see is he's waking up with crutches. And then there's the shocking cut to him missing his foot. And Portia and I both gasped. We were like, whoa, whoa. I guess what actually happened was he was involved in a motorcycle accident in April of 1986, injured his right foot, but then he returned to the ring probably too early, just based on the timeline of other things in their lives, got injured again, and then had to have the foot amputated. He returned to wrestling with a prosthetic foot. I can't imagine how painful that is, especially prosthetics from the 80s, um, and developed an addiction to painkillers, subsequently went to rehab, lost his home, got divorced, lost custody of his kids got um, in trouble for forging medical prescriptions. And then sadly, he committed suicide um, by gunshot um, because he was scared that he was going to go to prison um, after he was arrested for cocaine possession while on probation. So here's another awful suicide. And that and, was, um, this was in, in the family farm. Yes. And using the gun that he had gifted to his dad, which we do see yeah. in the film. And that's the scene I want to make sure we get into a little more because we finally see Kevin's rage come out. Just to wrap up the series of tragedies, um, <sighs> a, a year before Carrie committed suicide, another brother who we don't hear about in the movie, Chris, also committed suicide by gunshot wound, left a note. And I think they just that was one of the tragedies they didn't include because it right. was just like enough unbelievable yeah it's, unbelievable. It's, it's just one of those like you're just like seriously this this unbelievable. happened so this yeah. is Coleman, what... did he wrestle so so a little bit about i guess um chris right so he was mm-hmm. the smallest one he was like physically had some ailments he was always like the sick kid he had asthma was he, he the one who had asthma, asthma. Okay. he had asthma he had like a bunch of stuff and he was like the one who really wanted to do it but like couldn't physically do it while, you know, 
you know, his brothers are these, you know, Olympian, well, one, you know, carries an Olympian essentially and let, until right. like the boycott of the Olympics occurred, but like these physical Greek gods. Right. And then he's just the little sick one. And, you know, because of the fact that he was never able to really get to those levels. And then um, because of Chris or because of uh, Mike's death, Mike's suicide, you know, that led to all of his struggles and that had a huge impact on him and that led to his suicide. Mm. I just, I, I just, we could just stop there. It's just like, it's just so unbelievably sad. Yeah. Yeah. And I can't I mean, even imagine like, what were you going to say, Portia? Um, I was going to say about like, the, it begs the question of, you know, the genetic like ramifications of having, you know, that's why we asked, like, do, is anyone in your family died by suicide? Um, you yes. know, cause we need to know that cause there's some, you know, research that points to strong genetic components. I, I feel like more so for them it feels like it's the other stuff um pain is a really common part of deaths by suicide um and and it sounds like uh, whether emotional and often physical often addiction is another um yes co-occurring factor with um deaths by suicide but it's like they had really all of them you know maybe there was a genetic component for sure there there probably was i guess based on research but the pain the addiction and then just like the relational stressors and pressures of course but it's 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 really you know a shocking number of people and in 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 that level of family it's usually like an uncle and then you know someone down it's not this common it's not three out of six not right percent of children don't even read like i'm not sure how old they were but they were very young yeah Mm -hmm. they were in there like well let's see 21 23 33 so it makes me wonder like if there was a genetic predisposition to something like bipolar disorder, though, you know, just thinking about, again, it's so impossible to tease out, but like hearing about like the thrill seeking, the Mm -hmm. substance use, the impulsivity, like stuff like that. Sometimes, like if I were evaluating, if Kevin came to see me Mm -hmm. in the ER or something really depressed or something, and I heard this family history, I might think twice before just starting him on an SSRI. I might think yeah. like, hmm, we don't have anything confirmed or diagnosed, but but that's so hard to tease out with with you know the trauma and mm. the you know just the environmental expectations. Was, um, yeah, I was just gonna say like I think a lot of it had to do with just the time and the era, right? So like again, like the raging eighties and like set late seventies and stuff, and then the just the field right so the wrestling field celebrity field like it comes a lot of this stuff comes with the territory almost yeah um and i think we're seeing a lot you know i think a lot of the reasons that i got into like sports psychiatry is because of this right so a huge wrestling fan growing up and then as i'm getting older i'm seeing like all of these my heroes dying yes you know i'm like whoa you're supposed to be like 50 years old you're supposed to be like 30 years you're supposed to be like 40 years old and like you're dying what's going on right again steroids is huge substances is huge the head injuries head injuries concussions ct all these things are just like massive and the the thing like you know again as the curtains being peeled back and there's been more and more like interviews and podcasts and like surviving people who are living this going into this and telling their stories of like we were living on painkillers right we were living on just like no sleep and traveling we were living on like alcohol and etc just to kind of get through the pain the physical 
the physicality of the work. Yeah. And again, like we, we hear this with so many people, not just professional wrestlers, but like people yeah. who have physical hard jobs that like the pain yes. is so yeah. profound and so debilitating that the only way to kind of cope with it is to come through alcohol and substances and numbing. Right. And we, and we know with like the whole opioid epidemic and then just mm -hmm. kind of the, you know, the pendulum swinging the other way of like, well, no, 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 we're not going to treat pain because we don't want you to become this quote unquote addict. Right. So, and then people are left to fend for themselves and be like, figure it out because I don't want to prescribe you some oxycodone because mm -hmm. I don't believe you're in really in pain. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's, I mean, yeah. The, the mm -hmm. head injuries, I think it's, I, I, I really always, fascinated and sad about like you know football any you know wrestling um really just any really high contact sports like lacrosse where it's like all yeah. these athletes are just having horrible you know so a lot of the times undiagnosed or unknown like head traumas over and over and over again even kids yeah. that then mm -hmm. right leads to a lot of you know changes you know we saw that with um Aaron Hernandez, the documentary, is that yeah, the football player? Yep. Um, I guess most notably, that's like linked to some of his behaviors potentially. Um, but I, I just think that this was so untapped then, right? Like no oh, one, for sure. that didn't, no that wasn't a thing. No. And we no. see that scene where Kevin falls. And I thought, um, yes. oh. it was really interesting, Sylvan. I keep wondering, like, I wonder what it was like for you to watch the movie knowing the story yeah. compared to us not knowing the story. And just be like, ah! But I I was like, he's paralyzed. Like, he yeah. is paralyzed. Like, I just the, I could feel yes. the way Zach Efron was acting. I could just, like, I felt paralyzed. Like, I could just feel the pain and, yeah. like, that he couldn't even get a breath because he was in so much pain. I thought he did a fantastic job demonstrating that. Mm -hmm. um, how yeah. do you live with that amount of physical pain, high expectations? How on earth does anyone do that right like how and the answer is a lot of sometimes they don't yeah <laughs> right it seems like there's usually they don't and it's yeah. such an it's just so sad right because um i actually got into wrestling talk about like wow <laughs> amazing marketing back and i think it was med school residency when the total bellas came on e yeah, yeah. um or no total d was first and total bellas but like great marketing it oh, yeah. totally sucked me in it was like the female division and then my husband, um, I don't know if we were married yet, but he was like, oh my God, WWE, I used to love WWE. Then we started watching it together, like such good yeah. marketing. Um, but it's just like, yeah, you see all these like big macho men. And then it's not like five, 10 years after they retired, they are so feeble and injured and like not doing well. And a lot of them die. And it's, it's just, it's just awful. Yeah. It's, it's, it's definitely like one of the sad parts and like, you know, whenever there's like some signings or something that's going on in the area of somebody, I'm like, I don't know how much time, you know, if this is an opportunity, we're going to have this opportunity again. Like, yeah. you know, I got to meet like uh Mick Foley recently. Um, I was like, damn. And Mick Foley is, you know, people, he was mankind back in the day. And he was the guy that infamous clip of getting thrown off the top of the hell in a cell through the announce table, you know, like you know, 20, 30 feet off the top of the thing to the floor. And you're like, you know, he had that image of his tooth being through his nose, like oh. all this, like, and he was taking, you know, there was that um, other movie, I can't remember the name of it right now, like taking those unprotected headshots with the chairs and like being, oh. in, you know, the king of hardcore and all this stuff. Yes. And, like, I was like, 
why is this guy still alive? I know. You're, yeah, I know. How is I he know. still alive? And like, let me go at least get his autograph and say hello and yeah. thank you and stuff. Right. You know? I know. It's like the le- it's, it's like the least we can do. Yeah. Um, but yeah, even when it's choreographed mm-hmm. or quote unquote, you know, there's still like I saw Daniel Bryan in a ladder match one year. Yeah. They're still like hitting oh. each other with ladders. Yeah, you you can't fake gravity, right? right? <laughs> I don't think you can. Yeah. yeah. There's... I mean, even if it's like if they're like light ladders or something, I think there's there's still yeah. ladders. You know, there's... like you're still like diving and falling and like holy moly. Yeah. I mean, yeah, there's there's nobody who's coming out to be there being like, Well, let's, you know, let's go for a jog now. I feel great. And you know, like they're <laughs> they're hurting. You know, again, it's just you can't as much as you choreograph it and you're trying to depict really hurting you're supposed to depict violence but doing it trying to do it in the safest way like there's still you're still gonna feel something and injuries right. happen regularly um it's it's the worst part of like any sport right is that yeah. you know you're trying to protect against injuries but they're going to happen yeah. right so, so we'll just use this moment to just as a psa please wear a helmet yeah. and wear your seatbelt. yeah yes. please yeah. I just saw Katrina, the quote that you included, um, which I, you know, Mm -hmm. I guess maybe talking a little bit about the dad now that Kevin Von Erich um, in this, like this past year defended um, his father, which I I feel like I really understand. But he said, critics, critics talk about how he made us wrestle and it was all about the bottom line. No, never. He didn't even want us to wrestle. I just want people to know my dad was a good, honorable man who I admire. I'd never say anything about him and I won't tolerate anybody doing it around me either which I, I, it's making me think of almost like, um, oh, what, um, this is so different. And I'm just going to go off. Like you're going to be like, what, where'd you get that from? <laughs> um, the shiny, happy people that covered the, um, family of 11, the, um, Christian family who had the TV show, um, John and Kate plus eight. No. Um, the Duggars, Duggars. Duggars. Okay. and how one of the daughters, you know, like came out and had all this to say. And she, I heard her on a recent podcast that I was like, Oh, like what else is she saying? Um, and she was like, very, I don't, I don't want to say defensive, but like very defensive of her parents. And I think it's always interesting, just like that kind of take when it seems like we know, and maybe we don't because a, it's a movie and movies yeah. can still be in some ways sensationalized, but um, you know, kids are always really defensive of their parents, regardless of, yeah. you know, what they do. But yeah. the father, kind of big yikes in the movie, um, seemed to be really selfish, to put it kind of simply, uh, with just like going through his dream through his kids, kind of at all costs. And it seemed right. almost like blinded at times with how, what he was willing to do or the stakes he was willing to kind of put up to get that belt or to get that notoriety. Yeah. And it's the whole idea, like we've talked about a little bit too, about like masculinity and like what it means to be a man and like, you have to be strong for the family. Mm -hmm. And again, that's the whole aspect of like, you're, you're representing the family. So you have to be the champion. You have to be top of the game. This is what you do. This is like, no, we don't want you to be doing this career in music. Right. Mm -hmm. You know, this is, that doesn't pay the bills. That doesn't do anything. Like, but the wrestling does. <laughs> so yeah, this is family business. Yeah. And also we see that so early when Kevin tries to go to his mom. <clears throat> oh my God. That just gutted me when he came to talk to his mom and like, and this happens a couple of times throughout. Right. And she says to him, like, that's for you boys to figure out. Like he's coming to her trying to say, I'm worried about, I think at first it was Mike. He's like, dad's yeah. being way too hard on him. Yeah. And she's just like, I'm trying to get ready. 
Like that's for you boys to figure it out. That killed me. Like I just, it really, that really was like a knife in my chest. Um, and then we kind of see that reaction just throughout the movie. But I also think like maybe especially of the times or at least in that family structure, I could see how the mom would be um, submissive to the yeah. dad. And he's, you know, the man of the house. He's the head honcho. What he says goes and she doesn't have a lot of power. Um, I just, it, it just really killed me. And I, I did love, and this is where I just like bawled my eyes out the very end. Oh yeah. When, oh, just get, get out of town. When, when he's watching his sons play football and he starts crying. Yeah. And, oh, it's just so beautiful that he could tell them, like they come and ask him why he's crying. He says, I used to have brothers. I'm like going to cry talking about it. He says, I used to have brothers and I miss them. And then he says something like, oh, sorry, boys, you shouldn't see me cry. And the boys say in such childhood innocence, it's okay, dad. We cried too when we hurt or something like that. And I was just like, we see you crying. They're like, we we see, we've seen you cry. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they're just, they're the ones like normalizing it for him. And I just, I was like, I have to go home now. <laughs> I can't. Yeah. Oh. That was really emotional. I mean, like the, I, I wonder if the mom like kind of checked out because of the initial death of the first son and just was like, I, I'm like, I almost like I'm not even, I can't even like get really involved with you because what if the loss, like she said, right. Like you're kind of waiting after one, one child dies or one son dies, like for it to happen again, which I thought was interesting. I don't know if that's related to the curse or just something that, you know, again, was in the movie and she felt, but I, cause so it I, was so like, you know, it was really upsetting to see, but it's like, is that a trauma response? Is that a right. mix of the time and a trauma response? I don't know. I saw that. Um, I, I think they quote in an article I found that we'll include in our show notes um, in the biography, Fritz von Eric, master of the iron claw. I believe in there. Um, they quote Doris, the mom is saying, after you lose the first one, I can't even like say this. There's that <sighs> nagging fear. You'll lose another. You not only believe it can happen to you, you know, it's going to almost, it's a horrible thing to live with. And I became very protective of the boys. I just, I can't imagine, but I think like, yeah, when you go through something traumatic, I think it's human nature to be so scared about it happening again, whether it's that trauma or like in a broader sense, just like bad things. Right. Mm-hmm. And I think I'm sure we've all seen in our clinical practices, patients who've been through an inordinate amount of trauma, right? Like you just have some patients who you're like, my God, yeah. things just keep happening to you, you know, and they start to feel cursed because you're trying to sort it out and figure out some mm-hmm. explanation for why is all this happening? Because if you can figure out why, then you think, okay, I can we'll do something it, right? to prevent it. Right. Yeah. And it's very, I mean, I feel like this is the crux of like trauma work is coming to sit with the acceptance of like, it can't always prevent bad things from happening. Um, But in coming to that acceptance, hopefully you also absolve yourself of guilt and responsibility or the people around you, if it's appropriate. Like sometimes there is, you know, a murderer to blame or, you know, something like that. Sure. The scene, the mom scene that got me was when she was picking out the dress again. Oh God. And she's like, I, she's like, I can't even like 
look at the dress. She's like, I, they're going to know that I've worn this before for the other funeral. I, and I was can't just like, even. I was done. I just, yeah, I just, I, can't, I feel like right now I'm dissociating from this conversation. Like I just can't even, you know, and Pam yeah. was such really a nice feel for her. Yes. Oh, yeah. I mean, like the, it, it just lost that like, I, you know, happens in the world, you know, I'm not naive to that, but like, just no one should have to Right. They say, no, you shouldn't have to bury your kids. Of course. Like it's unnatural, but like just the amount of, of loss, that's an unnatural loss is like, I don't know how people go on. Like, I, I mean, thinking of a lot of, right. The deaths by via suicide in the movie, but like the parents, I mean, I just, I, I don't, I don't get it. Like it's, it's, it's an immeasurable grief. Yeah. Yeah. Five, yeah. five just five, five out of six. six. I just can't even. And then poor Kevin. Like the survivors guild, right? I know. Oh my God. And we see that throughout the movie. And then we see him pulling away from his wife, right? Like yeah. sleeping at the the gym and because he's scared. He's so scared. And I would love to pick your brains about this idea of the curse. Yeah. Right. I feel like it's like an externalization of the trauma as like a reason mm-hmm. to try to sort it out. Yeah. I, th- I think we always look for something to blame right something else right instead of you know being able to kind of mm-hmm. do a little bit of digging and be like it's the family dynamics at play and it's the product right. and the environment it's a lot easier to kind of say it's a curse you know right. we see this so many times like with in psychiatry and like mental illness as a whole because i was talking about with um dr david peter yesterday um like that we look for we look for something right you know in psychiatry we want it's very abstract right there is no blood test there's no x-rays there's no imaging to kind of definitively say aha here's ptsd mm-hmm. or aha here's adhd right don't you can't let do the that. aiming clinic tell you otherwise right this this was our <laughs> the exact conversation because we we're busting on it on dr amen a little bit but like it, it was that aspect of like <laughs> you want something right and we see this a lot of times too with like um autism families right they want something to blame this on where did this come from it's because of this and this is how we get into the whole like autism myths and like all the the misinformation that come vaccines and like all this other stuff that like vaccines cause autism because it's easier to say that instead of just being able to say this just happened sometimes it's part of normal humanity i see that a lot sorry to interrupt but i see that a lot in reproductive psychiatry what Mm -hmm. i do a lot of women are like, it's my hormones. And sometimes it is. And then sometimes it's human experience or stress or, you know, other things, but spot on. We're always searching for that. Yeah. So instead of being able to like really look at it and be like, it's because my dad has created this environment and we're pressure against ourselves or within ourselves, we've created kind of like this competition within ourselves. We've created this, we're in this high pressure, high impact, high physical occupation job and lifestyle and using all these substances and all this other stuff we can just say it's a family curse hey and that's where i'm like i was really astounded to read kevin's like really heartfelt quote about his dad because like i don't i don't think i would have the same view but then i also think like what what portia was saying there's it's still your parents. So like you, you still want to see the good and maybe there were good things that we didn't necessarily see depicted in the film. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, my goodness, 
I just wish Fritz had looked inward a little bit. Yeah. yeah. I mean, the scene where the dad blames, like, right, verbally oh, yeah. um, Kevin for Carrie's death Carrie, yeah, yeah, is just yeah. so hard to watch. I mean, we were, I, I feel like my face was just, like, disgusted in that. Well, yeah. well he called you, and it was just Ugh. like, whoa. I mean, and then, you know, Kevin, like, finally, finally kind of loses it. it. And is, like, doing what, you know, is kind of expected, right? He has, like, a physical response. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, my God, like, it was it was kind of like a long time coming. I mean, is anyone, no one's saying anything, but again, like we, we've kind of talked about why, and then, and then him being so hard on him for the business, right? Well, he's Ugh. like, you don't know what you're doing. You can, don't you dare sell it. And finally it's like, he, he has to get out has and to do like it, yeah. be his Thank own independent self with his family. And, you know, he, they're living in like a one bedroom apartment because they don't have any money. And then he finds that his dad has been like taking what it's just like, it was this whole kind of wake up call to just really focus on what he has himself, which is like, you know, and then I think you, we kind of see him divert from the, the curse almost. It's like, well, I, what I have is good and I'm going to nurture that. And that's important. Yeah. Like what we do matters yeah. um, and we can change the trajectory of, you know, outcomes. But yeah. Right. But it's so hard. Oh, and yeah. I mean, for, for Kevin to, to do that, I mean, those are, he's setting some major boundaries and walking away, putting his own needs first. I'm just like, I also think in this family, like it, they must also have such resiliency, you know, like the parents to just keep going, Kevin to be able to do that and pull away. We didn't ever see him go to therapy and learn how to do that. Like, where did he find that? Like, wow. Or it's all just suppression, right? Mm -hmm. Suppression, denial and avoidance, right? Okay, fine, Solomon. Let's, uh, <laughs> Fine. I guess we could look at it that way. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. I did read that. Um, so yeah, Kevin retired in 93, moved to Hawaii with his family in 2006. I love seeing that picture at the end of them all looking oh, yeah. so happy. But I did see his sons pursued professional wrestling careers. Yeah. Just like, they, they're still in it. <laughs> and I think like, you know, I feel like I keep hearing about or reading about like trauma bonds. I'd love to pick your brains about this because as far as I know, that is not like a a clinical known thing, you know, but we hear about it a lot and I can, I can like, I'm on board with it. Um, yeah. I feel like there's a lot of trauma bonding going on yeah. in the Von Eric family. Yeah. Yeah. And so trauma bonds are, I think there's like a misrepresentation of like what trauma bonds are. It's not like, oh, we went through the same trauma. So now we're like buddies and buddies. It's more the aspect of um, the bond that occurs from the victim to the abuser um that's the or, yeah victim to the abuser because of how the abuse occurred um and the fact that like that's the connection that's there what's the word i'm trying to think of when you're it's like kind of related when you're um kidnapped and you start like like syndrome yeah, yeah it's, it's like yeah. it's it's more like that than like you know we're peers in it. It's right, like you know right, with right. with the 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 you know the power differentials. It's like that's right. where that comes from. It's in that relationship. Mm -hmm. Make maybe yeah, a little bit more group think with like in wrestling. You know, in yeah. these like um, mm -hmm. unique kind of um, environments, right? It's like I think of like ballet. Um, you know, and they mm -hmm. kind of you know have share you know this environment wrestling shares this unique and uh, you know where these like there's these norms occur it's normal to do this this is yeah. this is just In how we do things but not outside exactly of it. Yeah. yeah yeah um 
which I feel like I see more, or I, I contribute that to like group think versus like a trauma bond. Yeah. Yeah. But so what other scenes did we want to talk about? I think there was like, I, I thought it was interesting. His, um, just relationship with Pamela when, when she first oh, yeah. says hi to him and he's really taken aback because he thinks that she wants to talk to his brother yeah. um, and she's really direct. And I feel like he, for the first time he's like, Oh, like, you know, she asks him these really like intense questions <laughs> or well, do you have a problem with me working? Or like, what if I were to do this? And he's like, no, like, sure. And I think it's just, he needs that. And I really like their dynamic. I think she really helps him. Yeah. Um, you know, even when they're not kind of living together and he is, you know, away, I think that's like a reason, like he almost can't tolerate that anymore. That pull she's so like important and like grounding for him. I really liked her character. She was like the way out. Yeah. And I think, you know, when you were, I instantly thought of like, when you were talking about like the ballet that she had experiences, um, aspect of it, like, they don't know anything else, right? Mm -hmm, right? That's just the world that they've been raised and brought up in. You know, I mean, think about it. So like, it's just the, they're living on the farm, right? Dad is this wrestler. He's running this company, it's just boys, right? Just the brothers, yeah. right? They're, they're all raised to be like physical and active and, you know, they're always like building a fence, building stuff, right? They're, you know, they're doing farm work, right? They're always like on the yeah, farm. Work, but it was always the like they're working on this fence. Working it's just the like the longest fence of all time. <laughs> You know, never gets done, or it's just like, no, it never does. That's done. the and the dad. Yeah. That's the point. That's like yeah. so symbolic. You'll never get there. You'll never <laughs> make him happy, no matter what. We'll never get done. <laughs> but yeah, so like then then Pam comes along, and it's like, who is this person? What is this outside world? Almost. It mm -hmm. was so sweet that he doesn't so even know yeah. like how to interact with anything. girls or dating, right? Because all he does is wrestle and build the fence. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And like, you know, the first time they had like sex in the car and like, he's like, he's like, what, what am I doing? Is this okay? Like, yeah. right. you know, there's just no idea, no idea of anything else. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, I wondered if they had a girl, like if they that. They did have a doctor. Oh, they did? I think they so, had two. I think oh. the, the real story. So like, I actually had like girls first. And I think just for the fake, for this, for the uh, purpose of the movie, they turned them into like okay. boys just to kind of go with that, the boy masculinity theme of it. Hmm. Okay. Well, in the, if I if I make it fictional, I wonder what girls would have, how they would have impacted the family just from, you know, in the movie. It's very like, but I guess it doesn't change. I don't know. I don't know. You mean the Von Eric, like with all the brothers? Yeah. I feel like they would have been totally ignored. There's, you know, you're talking about like the next generation. There's actually um, a Von Eric girl who's wrestling. One of the girls is wrestling. I can't remember whose daughter it is. But Whoa. one of the boys' daughter is actually like she's a wrestler or she was a manager or something like that. She was wow. in the industry as well. So they're wow. just staying in this this field. Like, I mean, but again, it's like that's what they know. That's what that's even what even though it's not been safe, it's like the it's the devil we know, right? It's like Yeah. We know what to do, we know how to navigate this field and we know who we are in it. We're important in it too. We know our place. We have meaning. Yeah there's there's reverence also for them mm -hmm. there's a lot of kind of you know again like I, one of the things i really appreciated about the movie that it, it wasn't like a hit job it was right. done like super right. respectfully yeah like, super like honor like i know there was wrestlers like active wrestlers that were involved in yeah. the making and the produ production of the movie who have like great respect for them they're you know like, even of the dad it was yeah you know it wasn't just like this, like, yeah. And even like with that, like, it wasn't just, it's like, you're a terrible person kind of thing. Like there was, there was nuance and respect. And again, like Kevin is saying nowadays, like we love dad and we don't want to like besmirch his name. Mm -hmm. So there was that 
respect that was there. And, you know, they were inducted to the WWE Hall of Fame, you know, all these things that like the Von Erich names still mean something. So that's like, right, yeah. You know, like even someone like me, who's like, I don't really know wrestling. I'm like, I've heard yeah. that name. Yeah. But I think it's just so sad that like, was it worth it? You know, like, right. and the whole time in the film, I just found myself wondering, especially for the dad, like, is it really worth all of this? Like, what do you, no, yeah. I just want it. I want him to go to therapy and figure out like, what are you searching for that you don't already have? Yeah. It's hard. It's hard. <laughs> I know. I find myself, you know, I say that a lot and, and, you know, respectfully, but you know, with, with teen clients, it's like, Oh, I just wish my mom would go to therapy. And it's like, yeah, like, it sounds like, and I always say, you know, well, everyone really could benefit from therapy. That's my personal mm -hmm. opinion. And, um, and like, yeah, it sounds like, you know, there's some emotional <laughs> dysregulation skills that could be learned in your family. So like, mm -hmm. I think it's too, it's, it's so, you know, re regarding the different levels of people, you know, it being kind of life or death, um, mm -hmm. therapy being a helpful way to just, communicate well and like learn, learn yourself and like what what's important to us and I don't know I, I just I I said that this week to a teen who's like you know really want wants their mom to go and I was like yeah a lot of parents should go oh my god that's just I feel I really feel for that teen like it's a painful place to be in especially yeah. when you're still dependent on your parent mm -hmm. to oh, yeah. really yearn right. for them to seek change and sit with that helplessness yeah. especially as a teen yeah. Yeah, we, we have a kiddo, like, in our PHP now. Like, I'm trying to, like, see how to do this, but, like, <laughs> without violating, like, HIPAA stuff, but, like, could really benefit from, well, I mean, in general, we can say, like, we're making a recommendation almost for, like, residential treatment center because the parents just don't have their shit together. Like, right, like, to get you in a new environment. Just be, for that and just be, like, do you need, the parents need, like, a month or two just to kind of focus on themselves so that they can then provide some kind of safe environment and some kind of stability mm. for you, for mm -hmm. you, the teen. And that's, you know, the situation that occurs. I feel like that's why I have such respect for people who practice child and adolescent. I thought about it and then I thought it was so hard in my rotations because I just wanted to give, I wanted to write a prescription for parents, like just new parents or new yeah. home or new, you know, that, and sometimes you just have conversations where you're like, you're, you're almost in college. Like you're yeah. so close, you know? Yeah. And then when you like backtrack though, like usually the parents, there's something that happened to them. That's oh, yeah. why they're struggling. And you know, it's just, it's, it's bigger and bigger. And like this film, I think you were saying Solman, it, I thought it was very respectful overall and just really highlighted like the human condition in mm -hmm. such a way that was so moving. And now I'm really mad. It didn't get nominated for an Oscar. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I thought it was next year. I was like, oh, I of course too. it is. Of course, oh. yeah. That's it's shocking. Just, it's this year. So it got it got overlooked. And I don't know if it's like the stigma against the wrestling business and all that stuff. But like, mm -hmm. I thought it was, I mean, the, the wrestler with Mickey Rourke was nominated. And I think he- For a ton yeah, of things, yeah. 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 Whew. Oh yeah, my gosh. Yeah, their oh. performances, I mean, I, you know, giving them props, like they're, they're, the, you know, I think it's Chavo, he did yeah, on Instagram, he talked a lot about <laughs> how impressed he was with Zach Efron. I think Efron. they actually did the wrestling. Yes, yeah. they had to learn, you know, the physicality of it and how they committed so hard and were so, like, you know, determined and just really respectful of, like, 
doing it well. Yeah. Um, you know, he really appreciated and commented on it. And I, I have, I have to say, I agree. Like it was phenomenal. Um, yeah. it, it, we felt it, you know, I cried. Mm-hmm. I, I usually I try to avoid sad movies. This was unexpectedly very sad. <laughs> I know we were like <laughs> magic Mike and wrestling. Yeah. And then, nope. But it was, it was impressive. Like it was I so loved good. it. Yeah. I've told everyone movie. to see it. Like it's just, mm-hmm. you know, I've seen some funny like TikToks like of people like after it in their movie seat, like unwell. Just unwell yeah. after. Yeah. And I was like, same. But yeah. I know I think when we were leaving Portia, like we did we barely said goodbye to each yeah. other. We were like, oh. like, okay, I'll see you later. Like, yeah. <laughs> I think this is like one of like the few movies where I was just like openly just like weeping in the theater like yeah. i've like reached that age where now like i can allow myself to cry yeah <laughs> maybe i've maybe i've been like self-realized <laughs> where i've like allowed myself to cry but like i was just like i was done i was mm-hmm. taken out yeah like the yeah. scene where they're like the you know when they're like in heaven that, oh god i forgot oh, that god. oh my god oh and, and they like, meet jack they meet like oh. carrie's like i guess you know he meets somebody he's like i guess you're I guess my brother you're my jack big brother, brother. Oh. i guess you're my big brother oh, done done and then I that was like well done like I, I you know i think it just i feel like that scene regardless of like beliefs in in afterlife yeah. was so moving and like well done where it just they were like at the farm oh. it was like in a field and i was like yeah. yes like that's coming in a boat yes that's how i just pictured like it was I felt so, so good sad that kevin wasn't with them yeah and they're waiting <sighs> for him they're like, oh. like you know nicely but like they're ready to meet him when he comes and i was like i can't and like, I, I think, can't even. Yeah, it gives us. Yeah, there was like that little piece of, and it was like the theme of the movie too. Like, and I think that's what people like need to remember too. Is like, the brothers loved each other. I and know. They wanted to be with each other, and I think, you know, we can postulate and guess whatever it is. Some of these suicides were related to that of being like, I just want to. I miss my brothers, and I want to be with my brothers. I know. Which is just again devastating. And having access to drugs and alcohol, which influence your decision making, and firearms. Yeah. We know that access to firearms increases risk of suicide and the likelihood of it being successful. So it's it's just the perfect storm. Perfect you know? storm. Yeah. yeah. Oh, wow. Well, after you listen to this episode, watch a Disney movie or something. Actually, don't, because parents die in all the Disney movies. (laughs) Watch, like, Big Bang Theory or, I don't know, something silly. That's my go-to, you know? (laughs) Another brother movie. (laughs) Well, Solman, thank you so much once again for joining us. We always love having you here. We love your insights. I was so excited to talk to you about wrestling because I know you're (laughs) really into it. Um, thank you so much for recommending mm-hmm. this to us. I hope yeah. everyone flocks over to your YouTube and Instagram and everything and looks at your Iron Claw video because it's really good. Thank um, you. Do you want to let everyone know where they can find you? Yeah. So YouTube, Twitter, tick, or YouTube, TikTok, and Instagram is the Kickstrink, K-I-C-K-S-S-H-R-I-N-K with the in the front um, because of my love of sneakers that's taken over my house and leading to my my wife wanted to divorce me, but no, <laughs> she won't leave me quite yet. Um, but that's the main stuff. So, okay. yeah. great. Awesome. And you yeah. can find us at Analyze Scripts Podcast on TikTok, Instagram, and YouTube. And we will see you next time for another new episode. Bye. 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 Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen 
premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. This podcast and its contents are a copyright of analyzed scripts, all rights reserved. Any redistribution or reproduction of part or all of the contents in any form is prohibited. Unless you want to share it with your friends and rate, review, and subscribe, that's fine. All stories and characters discussed are fictional in nature. No identification with actual persons, living or deceased, places, buildings, or products is intended or should be inferred. This podcast is for entertainment purposes only. The podcast and its contents do not constitute professional, mental health, or medical advice. Listeners might consider consulting a mental health provider if they need assistance with any mental health problems or concerns. As always, please call 911 or go directly to your nearest emergency room for any psychiatric emergencies. Thanks for listening and see you next time. Thank you.